Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam and much like being on the Millennium Falcon with no Chewbacca, I am solo this week. That's a very niche, nerdy Star Wars reference. Hopefully most people get it, but if you don't, I apologise. That is correct. Uh, Matt is unwell this week, unfortunately. Um, Get well soon, Matt. Uh, I obviously went around the houses for our usual kind of people to step in. Uh, Step in, Stefan is actually getting a tattoo today, which is taking up to five hours. Um, I don't know why... I heart mum is taking that long, but uh, perhaps it's like a really big tattoo. I don't know, but I know it's on his left ass cheek. But anyway, um, and the other cunning plan I had was to bring in some of our other admins. Uh, lovely Laura, very busy, unable to step in. Now Dan, Dan, the dirty old man, or Polynesian Dan, as he's better known on this podcast, was able. But then the bit of kit that I used to record him via the phone broke. So it's just me. Um, apologies. I completely realise that that's a little bit dull. But especially after a couple of weeks where the show hasn't been in its normal format. So apologies. I'm going to do the best that I can uh, with some time here. And hopefully, hopefully it'll still be an entertaining show for you all. Welcome to Matt's Stats. So you heard correctly, we are opening the show with a Matt's Stats without Matt. Uh, so, Sam Stats, which is easier for some to say than others. Um, basically, I spotted one. Um, which kind of blew me away yesterday. It's two, actually. And if you follow the Facebook page, you'd have already seen these today. But Harry Kane, Son Hun Min have now combined for 50 goals between them across all competitions. I, I, It's kind of silly. Like You know the numbers and they kind of just rack up and you see the stat thrown around as the numbers grow. But just to really think about that for a moment, we are in an era where we are seeing two of the greatest forwards to ever play for our club. At the same time, you know, we are living in that era, which is kind of amazing. And that is further demonstrated by the fact that Harry Kane is very, very close now to Jimmy Greaves' record. Very close. He is hunting him down. In fact, if Kane could have kept that penalty down, he'd be closer, but we'll we'll park that for a little bit later on. Sonny is also in the top 10 of our all-time goal scorers. In fact, he's only a few goals behind Jermaine Defoe. So, Sonny this season and Harry Kane this season could cement themselves as number one and probably number five or six of our all-time goal scorers. Like, the whole time, the whole history of our football club. And it's kind of amazing. You know, we're, we're getting to witness that. And I know... Um, the big narrative, trophies, trophies, trophies. Yeah, I understand that, and I, and I know that. We all want to see us win things, of course we do. But I also think supporting a football club is about more than that. A supporting a team, and it's finding joy. It's the enjoyment, it's the pleasure, it's the camaraderie. 
the fandom and the just taking that moment today to think about that really did make me feel kind of joyful that we've got to witness it I know me and Matt bang on about it a lot but you know when me and Matt were at school age Arsenal were winning titles we were avoiding relegation it is <laughs> it is so far away from those times now that it is, it is a pleasure it is a genuine pleasure for us of course I do realize that that's difficult for younger fans who didn't see that and also for our older fans who literally lived through our glory years, they're still, you know, wondering what the hell's going on. They've seen us improve, but not ever get back to where we were. They find it very difficult to kind of comprehend why I'm happy. <laughs> and and I, and I get it, and that's fine. And each to their own, and I certainly wouldn't diminish anybody in their opinion of that. I just think that you listening to those two stats that... Kane and Son, 50 goal combinations between them. One hell of a strike force. They're a Premier League record that is going to go on for probably a season until Haaland breaks it by himself. But, you know, uh, you know, it's going to go on for quite some time, really, because they're still adding to it. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, Kane signs a new deal. They'll add to it for years to come. But we will see. Yeah, and, and of course, the fact that Son is also in the top 10. It's mad to me. Mad to me that we have, right now, two goal scorers doing those kind of numbers. Now it's time for the Lone Update. Probably the most requested section or kind of segment we ever have and the one that I find the biggest nightmare to maintain but as this is Sam Solo this week I'm giving it a crack um, we have nine players currently out on loan that are on the books around the first team developmental squad uh, firstly uh, the forgotten man Alfie Whiteman still on loan at Degerfors in Sweden uh, playing lots of games uh, doing okay um uh, the update on this is always kind of hard for me. Lovely lad, good good professional. Uh, he's never going to make it at Tottenham. Um, I hope that this allow this amount of game time allows him to secure a professional contract somewhere in England for him, or or anywhere somewhere where he can play football, play every week and and develop. Um, great young pro. Uh, 23 for a goalkeeper as well. You know, it's not old. Uh, Troy Parrott, uh, Preston North End. He finally got his goal. Um, he's, he's been excellent. His work rate's been excellent. Preston have been really struggling in the championship. Not been creating chances. Um, been reading a... Uh, to do this, I read a lot of the kind of like fanzine stuff online to try and get an idea of the view on Troy and some of the kind of journo stuff in the locality. Uh, really positive. Um, a lot of people have been impressed by just the sheer determination and work rate. Um, and he got his goal very popular. Unfortunately, uh, he's now picked up an injury. And it would appear he's not going to be back until after the World Cup. Um, which is a massive shame for him. You know, he, once you find the net as a striker, I think that point you really want to kick on. Um, so it's a massive shame. Hopefully, 
you know, it's nothing, nothing too serious, and he can get back into it as soon as possible. Uh, Dane Scarlett started his loan on fire uh, with goals and assists. That has, uh, that has waned. Um, he's still getting minutes. Still, a uh, very well thought of at Portsmouth in League One. And the thing to remember, and I think I try and drive home with young developmental loans, especially, is you've got to remember it's about game time. It's about being away from the luxury of Hotspur Way, uh, living away, you know, learning, being around seasoned professionals from the league, understanding what it is to be week in, week out a professional at a level. Uh, so again, it's a really great loan for him and I'm glad he's still going forward. We move into now to the kind of... Um, I'll tell you what, I'll do this one first. Uh, we signed in the summer Destiny Udogi. Now, I'm butchering that name. Someone please teach. Want, when he joins properly, I want him to do one of those videos like the Pierre Emir Hoybier. Because I learnt that and I've been able to say it ever since. Uh, Sergio Regulon. They did these little videos. Perfect. Poor Destiny. I am destroying it and I feel awful. Um, this guy looks the real deal. Um, he's only 19. He is tearing it up in Serie A. Um, he plays for Udinese. Now, Italian football, I believe, is free to air again in the UK. Find it. Watch this kid play. Um, <laughs> you'll gen genuinely be impressed. Uh, I went, uh, we signed him. I knew nothing about him. Um, I, I read some stuff online because obviously we do the podcast, so I wanted to have a little bit of background information of what I read and put together, and then I watched the kind of, you know, you watch the compilation stuff and you're kind of like, well, I watched the compilation of a few players over the years that have made them look like the next Maradona, only to be more Madonna's left hit. So, Destiny, however, looks the real deal. Uh, he is loaned back to them for the full season, so... Just, just keep an eye. Um, he is definitely one for the future. When you think about the fact we've signed uh, Jed Spence as well on that right side, homegrown, real talented, and he's working with the squad day in, day out right now, you kind of look at that and go, that right side has now been set for 10 years. Um, so it's good squad building going on. Like I said, we kind of move now into the loans, which are uh, loans because no one bought them. Uh, Joe Roden at Rennes in France. They have an option to buy. There is nothing to suggest at the moment they're going to exercise that. Um, he appears to be in and out. Uh, Giovanni Lachelso at Villarreal. Um, they wanted to sign him, couldn't afford him. Uh, it's another year down on his contract, so his price is going to drop again. So maybe next summer they can afford him. But again, uh, playing okay. But he's not doing anything that you'd suddenly go, wow, I regret I regret shipping him out. Uh, Tangio Ndombele at Napoli. Um, again, uh, getting minutes here and there, but not he's not arrived and nailed down a starting spot by any means. And with the pace of Italian football compared to the Premier League, I genuinely thought he'd look great. Um, and he's still not doing anything. Um, Sergio Regulon and Harry Winks both picked up injuries, both not really doing anything yet. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come back to us in January. I, I really wouldn't. So keep an eye on those. Um, but yeah, that's the roundup. That's our nine players. That was the loan update. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Okay, it's that time of the show I normally ask Matt, Facebook or Instagram, but it's just me. So we'll start with Facebook because that's what I've got loaded in front of me. Um, we had a couple of messages uh, recently, but of course uh, last week the podcast didn't go ahead uh uh, for obvious reasons, uh, Michael Jasperanis sent in a message saying, "Does Sonny have a Richarlison problem?" I will say, Michael, following the uh, Champions League win over Frankfurt, has messaged in again to say clearly not. So I'm not actually sure whether you want me to answer or not. Uh, but I want to read it out because you did message in. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think that's been the problem. I think Sonny should struggle with form. Um, there appears. Uh, yeah, it just appears that he's been struggling before him. Um, last season, he had a real struggle uh, for about 10 games in the season. And loads of rumours flew around that Bayern Munich. I mean, I, I talked about it on the podcast. That had turned his head and stuff. I think this year, it's just a simple... He just he struggled to find his feet. Um, and it can happen. It can happen to some of the best players in the world, of which I, I count Sonny as one. Another message we had to come in from uh, Barry Fowles. Barry said, Morning chaps, this one flying under the radar a bit. A draw on Saturday uh, equals our best ever Premier League start after 10 games. A win will be our best ever points total. Yet fans seem to be more vocal than ever about how poor we are. I'll admit we're not setting the world alight. But we are getting results, and best ever start, lots of reasons to be positive, so why the negativity? Now, this is correct. Barry's absolutely spot on. Um, and I know if Matt was here, he'd definitely want to talk about this, so I'm going to. When we play Everton this weekend, we have the opportunity, with a victory, to set a record for our best ever Premier League start. Um, does that mean we're the best team in the league? Absolutely not. Uh, you only got to look at what Man City is doing at the moment and as much as it pains me to say what Arsenal are doing at the moment to say that they are playing better than us currently however we are doing what we need to do and are holding our own we are up there we are staying within touching distance of everybody we're keeping ourselves in the race because this is an odd season and I've said this a lot and I will keep saying it there's a World Cup in the middle of it, and the fixture pile-up, uh, injuries from the World Cup, hangover from the World Cup, be it a victory or a really bad defeat for players, the mentality for the players to be fully focused on their club games, even though they're starting to think, if I pick up an injury now, that's my World Cup over. It's going to play a massive factor, it really is, to us and to all the teams, so, like I say, it's an odd season, and I think it's one of those seasons where if you're up there and you're, and you're kind of in amongst it, then when it comes out the other side of the World Cup, it's like a whole new season again. You Like, you start again. And I'm going to be interested to see whether teams manage to maintain the same momentum. Like, so, going into this World Cup currently, and I know we've got a few games yet so things can change, You'd say the two form teams in the league, Man City and Arsenal. 
Will they be the same teams that are in form after the World Cup? No idea. None of us do. Um, you know, you have that thing about, you know, you go into Christmas top, you've got a great chance. You go into Christmas bottom, you're going down. You know, you take your momentum into that. You know, the year Leicester won the league, no one would believe that they were going to win the league at all and then they were still top at Christmas and that kind of started making people freak out a little bit that it could actually happen and then the whole fairy tale bollocks narrative still angers me. But anyway, so it's there. It's going to be odd. So for me and assessing where we are, I try not to look at the other teams. I'm trying to look at us and if we manage to beat Everton then yeah, that is our best ever start to a Premier League season, statistically, points-wise. That should be celebrated by us as fans. Are we setting the world alight by ripping teams apart and playing the best, sexiest football? No, we're not. Do we want to see that? Yeah, we do. Does every team play that way on day one of their managers like taking over and building? Absolutely not. Pep Guardiola had two full seasons at Man City before he won anything. And then that first season, they got dicked a lot because they were an unorganised mess. At Man City, of course, they literally said to him, what positions do you need? And they went out and bought the very best players in the world in those positions. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, went in, didn't achieve a damn thing, but set the foundations and built and built and built. And then all of a sudden, Liverpool, amazing to watch. Phenomenal to watch because they got to a point where the foundations were set and they said to him, what positions do you need to, to win things? And he said, this, this, this. And they went and bought the best players they could get in those positions. I don't think Tottenham are ever going to do that and I'm sorry to say it. So it's different for us. And I don't know if that's ever going to change and I don't know if in the modern world of football that means we're never going to win the big one now. I just don't know if in football nowadays, you know, the Leicester thing, you know, they're struggling for relegation this season, but they've won a Premier League and an FA Cup in the last few years. Would Enoch sacrifice potential Premier League stability to pick up those two trophies? The answer is no. Not a chance. So it's it's an interesting one, and, and we're going to have to just kind of wait and see Conte's vision, Paratici, you know, is squad building. You can see that by the signings for now and then. Uh, sorry, for now and in the future. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But it was a good discussion point anyway. And hopefully, like I said, we beat Everton. Our best ever start to a Premier League season. And that's got to be worth something. So back to the actual Facebook page then. Tom Perks wrote on our post... Once we get the Google naming right, shall we get Mbappe? I hear he will cost 300 million euros. Thank you, Tom. Um, Your question shall be ignored, because you're a dumbass. (laughs) However, you do raise the Google naming rights thing, which is a lot of fun. Um, Now, people on this podcast might remember there was a conversation about this a long, long time ago. uh, Where I mentioned the fact that it went as far as there were like these models made and... All of this kind of, it looked like it was done. Um, Now, what someone pointed out to me afterwards were that the club actually approached these major companies and the club had these models made. So there's loads of them kicking around. So 
when there was this picture of this Google Stadium, you know, the Google Arena or whatever, branding on it, yeah, the club did that. So there was one with Nike, probably one with McDonald's. You know what Daniel Levy's like, he don't care. So, yeah, that that existed. So I, I kind of left it. I can't even think anything more of it. But um, I think it was uh, a journalist this week for The Athletic um, broke the story that talks were ongoing. And it, it reached a point where, you know, they were actually real positive signs something could happen. That's been followed up with a story in the Evening Standard. Um, different journalists, obviously very different approaches to the story. Now, <clears throat> The Athletic and that story was written from sources. Uh, the story in the Standard was a quote from the club, basically like, oh, yeah, you know, we talked to them, we talked to lots of people, nothing's close. Um, I'd imagine the club are unhappy it's leaked um, because it's the sort of deal, size of deal, the sort of financial aspect of things. You don't necessarily want to be out into the public domain until you release that information yourself. So let's say, for example, you're planning a January transfer window and you're planning X amount of budget for for TG to spend to go out there and try and grab a creative midfielder purely off the top of my head just saying that this is what the plan is like everything else is okay in january just get us a creative midfielder and paratici's like yeah i've got five or six in mind this is the sort of budget i need now imagine you're those clubs right and tottenham come calling and paratici says look this is what we can afford but then you hear in the press you know 300 million is about to be injected and tottenham with google naming rights Every club under the sun in the January window, especially, is gonna say double it. <laughs> so, um, which, which is basically what Levy would do. So he knows that, and it's what we'd all do. To be fair, you know, Man City come calling for a player, you laugh and say triple it. Paris Saint Germain, you say quadruple it, and Barcelona, you just laugh and say you can't afford him, mate. Um, so yeah. The Google naming rights thing is a real thing. Uh, everyone that I trust has written a good article about it. That it is solid. It is it is a real talks thing. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about you know Google Stadium. It's kind of a knock. It doesn't bother me. The one thing I do really like about it is that Google's probably the world's greatest search engine. Everybody uses it. I mean, like literally everyone, and that would basically mean that. Arsenal fans will probably have to look for a crappy search engine to be petty or they'll have to use Google every time and we all know that Google supports Tottenham they'll they'll brand the crap out of that you know that browser in the UK so uh, a little petty part of me kind of really loves that like I won't fly Emirates <laughs> never never gonna happen not a chance because I'm a petty bastard uh so yeah I I think that that is potentially a fantastic fantastic deal for the club the naming rights thing has gone on too long in my opinion i feel i feel like the pandemic obviously made a massive impact on it the one thing i would say is it doesn't create a war chest it creates a greater cash flow in the club but it like so for example if you see headlines like google 300 million stadium naming rights that doesn't mean Daniel Levy has a cheque for £300 million, puts it into the club, 
and that guy. And it also doesn't mean Enoch take it out as well, because people will want you to believe that, and that's not true. But it does pay the stadium debt. So at the moment, the stadium debt's being purely serviced by the additional, like the NFL games, the events. It's paying down the stadium debt, and the football side is enabled because of that, because of those additional events, the football side's able to just stay within the football side. That's the way it was always planned. Now, when the stadium naming rights come in, that is going to further pay down that stadium debt. Uh, it's, it's massive for the club. You know, for Tottenham Hotspur PLC, it's huge and is much needed. Tottenham Hotspur PLC being in a very, very strong financial position, which it is, we are literally a financial juggernaut now since the stadium's been built. It, it really is time to see, in my opinion, as a football fan, football, supporting a football team, us to go, who's the best creative midfielder out there right now? What's the price? Here it is. Because we need one, in my opinion. If Paratici and Conte agree, then hopefully that's what will happen. Probably not, but you know, a man can live in hope. So now it's time to head over to Instagram for the final comment for, for this section. And it's from someone with their own theme. Thundering down from on high, it's a comment from Mountain Man. The Mountain Man, he saith the following. Once I've unlocked my phone, which locked itself. Here it is. The Mountain Man says, What position, or positions, do you think we are lacking, if any, to seriously push for a title challenge? Right wing back to replace Royale, and an Ericsson-type playmaker who can take free kicks would be on my list. Um, yeah, uh, it's a difficult one, because uh, I just talked about this uh, at some length, which is... I don't see us as a club doing what Man City do, Liverpool do, uh, what Arsenal have done a little bit in the summer, I guess, which is go, right, I want to win something, let's spend and go for it, and it's a gamble. You know, if, for example, Arsenal did spend big in the summer, now if they finish outside of the top four again, they, that's, that's going to be a problem for them. Um, so, which is obviously looking unlikely at the moment, they're doing very well, but I... I would, I would like, I would like to see us sign a player like James Madison. Um, I would have liked to have seen us sign Jack Grealish uh, some time ago. Um, how a player I still think that Pochettino would have turned into a great player was Ross Barkley. I'm still ever so disappointed in an agent who prioritised their money over their client's career because. Any idiot could tell you he was going to rot at Chelsea, and that's exactly what happened. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. Right wing back, I'm honestly not sure because I don't think we have anyone set in the world alight at right wing back. Okay, I'm going to say this to you. Um, Royale, I feel, is a better defender than Doherty. I feel Doherty has a better end product. Which is still not great. Um, he, he tends to be better at getting in on the end of things than actually delivering. Um, Perisic, excellent, but can't play every game, obviously. Uh, and I think Sessegnon, you can see his game developing every week from working with Perisic, which I love to see. 
go. I think that says a lot about a young player who saw him come in as a signing in his position and just went, I can learn from this man, rather than thinking, oh, I'm going to pack my bags. Um, I think that speaks so, so much. Um, uh, Jed Spence clearly isn't showing what uh, Conte wants to see, but I would love to see him get some game time. Hopefully, League Cup, FA Cup when it kicks in, we'll see that. I don't know, but hopefully. Um, but for me, if I was to say eggs in one basket, a creative midfield player changes us. Because if you look at the formations we can play with the free in midfield, you're still picking three from four very defensive, defence-minded solid midfielders and it's great that we've got those players but I feel like you have an entirely different dimension to the team by picking a creative player I will also say and it's not something that Conte seems keen to do perhaps he's not keen to do it I don't know but I see no reason at all why Harry Kane doesn't drop into the 10 role so you change it to 2-1-2 up front if that makes sense two in midfield Kane in between the midfield and attack and then Richarlison and Son or Kulisevsky and Sonny uh, or Kulisevsky and Richarlison and Kane who is a phenomenal passer of the ball drops into that space and just picks his passes now he, he tends to do that anyway so I don't know uh, I don't know whether that's, that's the way to go but it's just a fault with the current squad we have it can make sense. I did notice with interest against Frankfurt, White made the bench. Um, he's a creative player. A wonderful left foot for set pieces. Phenomenal. I still think he's the best at the club. So, um, it was interesting he made the bench. Sad, as always, not to see him get any minutes. But then again, that game went a bit crazy. Um, so, speaking about that game then. Uh, we did win. Uh, we got a good Champions League win under our belts at home. 3-2 against Frankfurt. Should have been a better scoreline. I, I, I felt like we uh, we conceded a stupid goal. Uh, it was an error and that they can happen. I think Eric Dyer has been brilliant for us all season. Goes away of England, comes back a bit broke. <laughs> no, uh, it's, just, it's just a mistake. It can happen to the world's best. Shake it off. Um, and I, th- I felt like he did. I felt like he did okay. Um, I, I did... I did wonder at the very start, though, because he got a book in before that error. And it felt almost like perhaps the emotion, the pre-match emotion, you'd kind of, you know, sometimes uh, you can go too far. Like, you can get too fired up, too over over the top. And when he put that challenge in and got booked, I did think to myself, oh, that's, you know, that's uh, maybe, maybe that's got to him a bit. Uh, and he made the mistake, but I think he recovered brilliantly, and he played played very well until he was subbed, uh, and then Sanchez came on and did okay. So, um, yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. Obviously, if we'd gone on to lose the game, it would have been the big talking point, but as it was, uh, we pulled them apart. You know, we, we actually played some of our best football in this game, I feel. Kane uh, through the sun uh, for the equaliser. Kane from the spot, no mistake. Uh, and then Sonny's volley, wow, what technique and skill to do that. That was phenomenal. And at 3-1, the game was done. At 3-1 and then being reduced to 10 men, the game was done. And we stopped playing. 
And it is the most criminal thing you can do in sport. And I don't know if it was the substitutions. I don't know if it was a mentality of the subs coming on of, oh, I'm just coming on to see this game out. I I don't know if it was just the whole team kind of went, oof, we got this. Finally, you know, we, we got this win. Don't worry about it. It's a weird thing, and I'm wondering if we're going to see it more in this strange season, because we are heading into this World Cup. And I do wonder to myself, are we going to see this situation where players and teams are completely backing off, because we're winning this game well, I don't need to keep pressing, why why sprint for that and risk a muscle injury, you know, why go in for that challenge and, and risk a silly challenge, we're, we're winning, you know, and... It's going to be strange, especially as we get even closer to World Cup. There was a couple of times, I think Kane went down in the game, and my mind did go, oh, wow, you know, Frankfurt have just injured the England captain. And there's there's just elements of stuff like that. There's just so many factors which are so bizarre for this season. Uh, And it could just be stuff that's not even playing on anyone's mind but mine. But it is, I think it's there. I think it's definitely a mentality thing that's there. Uh, We did shut off. Another uh, defensive error led to them getting a corner, which led to them getting a goal. Um, It was poor. Poor all round. Um, But again, concentration. Uh, One of the things Conte's talked about, and dare I say it, Jose, previous managers have drilled in, is just, what the hell, guys? You know, we we, we talk about this. We, We do sessions on this. What the hell are you doing? It's bizarre. And, and I don't get it. How how can a club have an identity that is losing your concentration? It doesn't make sense to me. Coaches change. The players change. So how in the hell can a club have that identity? You know, the whole Spursy thing lasted for 20-odd years, 25 years, and there's some I would argue still going on now, is... How is that even possible? There's there's no way you've got the same squad for that length of time. With Daniel Levy in charge, there was no way we had the same manager for that length of time. So how in the hell do these problems remain at a club? Do you arrive at Tottenham and like the coach says, right, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, great. This is what you've been trained to do your whole life. Or you, we've bought you. You're a winner. You've won stuff everywhere. Great. And then does someone come to them from like Tottenham hierarchy and go, hey... Just to let you know, we, we don't win here. So if you could just make it look like you're going to win, that'd be great. you know. And, and don't worry, you'll get paid. In fact, we're going to sneak you a bonus for every time you get really close to winning and just fall over. I don't get it. It's weird. It's bizarre. I don't understand how it happens. It's not just us either. It happens in all sorts of sports with teams and you look at it and you just go, how can a team, like a club, have a reputation for that but the coaches are always changing the players. It just doesn't make sense, but it, it does happen, so no idea. Uh, but it was a good win, a win I'm delighted with. I, I feel the last Premier League win over Brighton was a lot better than a lot of people made out as well. Winning at Brighton, any scoreline, any win at Brighton, is a good result. Um, look at the list of teams they beat there, and then come back to me, because... I was delighted we walked away with three points. Think about the emotion for the players as well. Um, It was immense. And it was immense again uh, Wednesday night. But 
for me, it, it was special. It was impressive. It was a great show of unity in that squad to go out there for Gian Piero to put in a performance to pick up the three points in a place that is not easy to do because Brian are a bloody good team. I know their manager's left, but that side's still there and the guy who's come in is basically gone, let's keep it going. <laughs> so um, they're a good, organised, well-coached, disciplined side who know what they're doing. So yeah, I, I'm delighted with that win. I'm delighted with the Champions League win and now it's all about the Everton game. Do I want to make a prediction for the Everton game? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, logically, looking at the two sides, looking at the form, us at home, I'd say it's a game we should win. Uh, I hate Frank Lampard so much, um, but I know he'll drill some kind of, I hate Tottenham, so you must hate Tottenham, and we must go and beat them frenzied kind of I don't know even drug fueled rage into them uh, it's going to be a lot down to our mentality which it so often is because we are the better side right now we are a better side than Everton we should go out play our game and win the game but who knows uh, we've played in midweek they haven't that also plays a massive factor I hope we win I want to see us set down this marker of our best start to the Premier League I think it will reinforce the work that Antonio Conte is doing. It will reinforce the belief in the squad that we're all on the right path. Um, and and just to keep working. Because if you keep working and developing in this system, you're going to win. You know, you're, you're going to do well. And that's what we all want. So there we go. Um, that is our podcast for this week. I want to apologise again that it was just me. I realise how dull that is. Uh, but Matt will hopefully be back soon. It probably won't be next week, um, but the week following, hopefully. So next week, I'm going to do everything I can to get me a co-host. Uh, if you're interested in co-hosting the Spurs News podcast, email me, sam at spursnews.co.uk. You've got a few days, because I do, despite how it sounds, I do actually plan this thing. I know, mental, right? But yeah, I do have to plan today completely off the rails but normally there is actually a plan i promise anyway until next time i hope you all take care and that's it thank you for listening to the spurs news podcast we hope that you enjoyed the show stay up to date with all things tottenham follow us on social media all links are in the podcast description